0: Hey everyone, welcome to the Midtown Midweek, where we take our sermon on Sunday and chat about it a little more. I am your host, Melissa Fennell, here with my co-host, Jake Blair. Hey Hello. Jake. Hello. How are you doing?
1: I'm great. How great. Are you?
0: I'm great. Uh, we are, <laughs> how many times have we what? done that?
1: We still haven't nailed it.
0: <laughs> you know what? We are joined, uh, Pastor Alan Tipping. Hey Alan.
1: Hey-o. Hey yo, Alan.
0: Happy to have you here. Alan,
1: how was your weekend?
2: My weekend was pretty good. Yeah. We... Uh, one of my favorite parts was I got invited to a pool party Ooh. at Jake Blair's house.
0: Wow. Um, and tell me came... more about this pool party I was not invited to. Oh, okay.
2: sorry <laughs> for all
0: you people out okay. there. <laughs>
2: but it ended with watching
1: Sandlot on a screen Ooh. whilst yeah. kids in the pool.
0: That's dreamy. Pretty great. That's dreamy.
1: One reviewer known as Sadie Tipping said this is better than the Mo. Oh, yeah. I oh, I mean, agree. you get to float I mean, accurate, instead of- yeah, Accurate. Mm-hmm. That's fun. Melly, how was your weekend?
0: Oh, my weekend was great. You know, lots of time in the sunshine, which was dreamy. I went to Charleston and saw my family. That was also kind of fun. And yeah, it was a really sweet weekend.
1: I would love for us to do, before we get into the sermon and the local spotlight, uh, what's one thing we are thankful for this week?
0: Yeah, I,
1: I kind of
2: even mentioned it in the sermon, but I am thankful for a for my family, but one of our favorite things to do is adventure together. So I'm just thankful for any time we get to, whether it's riding bikes or we recently went to the Whitewater Center and got to raft for the first time with the girls. Where's that? Up in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. So it's not a local spotlight, but it's still, you know, adventuring, getting to test boundaries and have fun, make memories together. It's one of the most one of the things I'm most thankful for.
1: Did you see um, Frank and Jenny? They Instagrammed about that over the weekend.
2: I did not see them, but there okay. were lots of people there, and it's a really big space. So okay. And I don't know if we were there the same day. So yeah, okay. <laughs> you know, fair enough. All of that, but shout
1: out, yeah, shout to out. Frank and Jenny. Melly, anything I you're thankful for? Fitness. Ooh, fitness
0: is fun. Who knew? Ooh. I. Uh, you know, 2020, I, we were all just, like, stuck in houses, and so I just didn't get to, like, move a lot, I feel like. And so, yeah, I joined a gym, started working out, and last week was the first week that I kind of implemented that, and I, like, woke up super early, got my workout on, and I was like, man, I have so much time left in my morning. Shout out to all you morning people out there. Who knew? So, yeah, it's a fun little new development. That's great. Yeah. Yeah
1: i am thankful for i've said this in previous weeks church fam got to hang out with a lot of folks from our church this weekend and i think just hanging out with church family people who you love who you're in the mission of jesus with i mean makes life just so good so very thankful for that so alan you said you were in charlotte (laughs) but we all know columbia you'd rather be here Alan, any local spotlights you want to highlight this week? Well, the first one I thought of was we decided
2: this year to join a pool. So my shout out is to Spring Valley Country Club. We joined the pool there. We love it. And we have lots of, there's actually Midtown people who are there. Um, people from the kids' school are there. And it almost seems like every time we show up, there's somebody that we have already known that's part of the pool. So we've just really enjoyed having that as an uh, option for our family.
1: That's great. That's That's out in the Northeast. That's right. Very cool. Info in the show notes, Spring Valley Country Club. Check it out. So let's get into the sermon. What were some things that did not make the final cut? So there's a quote. uh, I'll read it for
2: you. This is from uh, Spurgeon. Uh, I think we had one quote in there, but one that that didn't make it. Uh, it says, the cross of Christ is sometimes put in Scripture for the life which is the result of faith in Christ. What kind of life should that be? Well, first, a life of self-denial. No man who is the friend of the cross of Christ will give license to his passions or indulgences, indulgence to his appetites. If he does so, he proves that he is the enemy of the cross of Christ. And I I like that that contrast of friend of the cross versus enemy of the cross. And so, when I was kind of prepping through things, I thought about doing some kind of like table or some kind of comparison between the two. What does it mean to be a friend of the cross? What does it mean to be an enemy of the cross? And maybe just even sermonering it a little bit more around that idea. Um, and i wasn't even sure if enemy i mean i like the 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 quote being friend of the cross and i was almost thinking it that's maybe not the right equivalent almost like ally so it's like mm-hmm. uh we're in this together you know not just a, a friend versus enemy but ally ally versus enemy but anyway i just couldn't figure out the best way to get that but i i, I think there's something to that it's it's either we're going the same way as Jesus or or we're not and we're we're either on the same team or we're not on the same team and one of those indications is are you following your the appetites the desires are they ruling over you that's like a huge indicator of are we allies or not allies mm-hmm. and uh, so anyway I, I just kind of like some of that yeah. language and thought that's process. Good.
1: It is startling, and I'm sure Paul has this in mind when you think about following your own desires for him to say just outright, enemies of the cross, you know?
2: Yeah, and I I don't know. The, the other thing I, I thought about, and I partly it didn't make it in there, and also I, I just couldn't confirm it completely, but there is this element that I wonder if when he's talking about enemies of the cross, like he talks about him in tears. And so some people interpret that as he's just mourning, he's sad for them. Um, but I was maybe thinking it's it's somewhat of, uh, there is a connection to these people. So he's like, I've told you about them before. I now talk about them again in tears. So it's like these, it almost seems like these people are, are known to uh, mm. the church in mm-hmm. Philippi. So, so some of the thoughts were, were these people ever part of it? Are they running in opposition of it? Um, but it, I think there is some kind of proximity that he's able to really point to people you know who are mature, who are following in the way, and the people who aren't. And I don't know if they ever were, and now they've gone off. Because uh, Paul does a lot of warnings for, for that, that yeah. people who, who, they they look like they are following Jesus, and then they divert, and they take others away from them. And I, I think that kind of, enemy is a little bit scarier hmm. of an enemy because you you you're connected to them you think there's something uh worthy of following them and then all of a sudden you're down the road and they're going the
1: wrong way yeah yeah i i definitely think there is some personal aspect in mind when paul seems to be talking about them as though the the church would know who they are
2: yeah and bare so- minimum knows who they are because
1: he's talked about
2: them I just wonder if there's any more like relationship of, yeah, um, you no, know, you knew these people, and now they're they're not following this same path anymore. Yeah,
1: and there is something too when Paul talks about I, I say this with tears or something, the fact that like calling them an enemy of the cross just moves Paul to like lament. I think, yeah. Like, man, well, I mean, he I starts shared... off
2: with they they're they're destined for destruction, so he's like. They're they're heading the wrong
1: way, and and what awaits them mm-hmm. is terrifying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought that was especially I think insightful using that language of enemies of the cross, not to like dehumanize people who are against Jesus, but there's something about like how heartbreaking it is to see people follow after their own desires. You know? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, and I think that's a really good like self evaluating perspective to have to like if i'm not careful that could be me one day you know what i mean so like wanting to make sure to check our hearts every day and make sure that we are moving in the right direction too
1: absolutely i mean even when uh we were diagnosing a little bit that that weird phrase their god is their bellies but diagnosing that as following your inclinations your own desires believing these lies and even as you were teaching some of those i thought i i do tend to think at times my comfort is ultimate. If I just had no demands, no pressures, life would be great. And uh-oh, if that's the trajectory of where that leads to, then that's the sobering reality get to get back onto the right path of following Jesus and renew my mind, so to speak.
0: I,
2: I think the other thing is uh, I, I thought about we, we could even push a little bit harder on just this idea of goals. You know, he says, I, I press on towards the goal and, and I'm, I mentioned it some, you know, we all have goals. Um, but part of, of having a goal is, and maybe even the complexity of us all is we have multiple goals. We have a lot of different goals. And part of what you're trying to figure out is what goal wins, (laughs) you Mm -hmm. know, like, so if your, your goal is, uh, to enjoy food, which is always a, goal of mine. I like that goal. Uh, but also, you want to lose weight. It's like, oh, alright, well, there is a point in time where those goals could be in in conflict with each other. So which one wins and why? And so we're uh, oftentimes, a lot of us, very naturally are able to hold these competing goals. And I don't know if we always think about what ranks and, right. and, and, and trumps the other, but it just kind of felt like one of Paul's point here is if if following after jesus isn't your ultimate goal then your your priorities are wrong like you're you're you've mismatched everything else and and i think he's just kind of hitting on some of that because even if you back it up to the the passage before what we talked about the week before he's like i consider what i used to consider the best thing about me you know the jew of jews hebrew of hebrews like he was the best, and his identity was wrapped up in this. He's like, I now consider it worthless. And so I found something better. I found a bigger, better goal. And so it's kind of that idea of we, ne- we need to make sure, maybe even evaluate, is Jesus our ultimate goal? To run after him, to be like him, to follow in his way. If it's not, we need to reorganize our whole goal system. Yeah. And so I, I, you know, I just thought we could could have pushed in that direction a lot. And, and it's not necessarily how do you press on, uh, which I, I think is what we we hit on mostly, but it's more like, are you pressing in the right direction? Because I think we all are, people are pressing towards something. And part of what you're evaluating is, are you pressing in the, the ultimate way, the ultimate goal, and how might you reprioritize so that that trumps everything else? Yeah. So you can still have a goal to be successful in your career, but does career or following Jesus, which one's bigger? You know, you, mm-hmm. you have a goal to have a uh, a family that loves each other, does adventures, you know, but is it following Jesus or family? You know, and those are, these are all good things that right. sometimes those goals come in conflict. And I think maybe in our church, American church, whatever, we don't always put Jesus following Jesus at the top. There's other goals that are good goals that we oftentimes maybe overprioritize.
1: So what would be a helpful diagnostic for me to know where my ultimate goal allegiance is? Because I'm sure most, most folks listening would say, yeah, Jesus is my ultimate, and yet we still wrestle with sin and our flesh. I don't know that I've
2: come up with a diagnostic. You know, if that was the more the point of the sermon, I would have Put a lot more yeah. time into it, but I, I think the way we best see it is when we take it out of theory. So it's like we almost have to get a point where it's like the goals are in conflict. You can't. I mean, I could tell you I prioritize Jesus over everything else, but it, you don't really see it until there's a, a conflict there. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, I I think there are times. my here's one option maybe not the option but uh prioritizing life group rhythms group time you know what gets in the way what like maybe looking at your excuses for being a part of something uh same thing with gatherings you know like yeah I I don't think it's always the case that you you know if you miss <laughs> then you prioritize something more than jesus I don't I don't think that's that that's too simplistic, but I think if there's patterns, like if you're ongoingly missing gathering with with the church, with your people life group uh, for something else, then maybe that that could be a diagnostic. Like, hey, what what do I currently prioritize more? Uh, another way to maybe diagnose it, I've heard people say, you, you always look at your calendar and your your wallet. Your, your checkbook, like those where you spend your time and your money often tell you what you prioritize the most. Yeah. So maybe that's the, the simplest way to do it.
1: Yeah. I like the language too of competing desires. It kind of has in mind, I have these different goals in mind and at times they will clash. Like you were talking about, like there will be conflict. And so even when, You're listening to a sermon or you're in life group and you sense this internal pushback within you, even using that as perhaps a Holy Spirit moment that why am I pushing back against what this person is saying? And maybe I need to examine that this is a competing desire happening within me that I'm, I might not be cognizant of. And I, yeah, it's just that rub. And, you know, Jesus is, I
2: mean, he's pretty clear when, you know, if you're going to be my disciple, if you're going to follow after me. It's a denial of self. So, I, you know, some of the diagnostic is when do you choose self over Jesus? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's taking up your cross, so which is a sacrifice, uh, you mm-hmm. know, another way of denial of self uh, and following after him. So anytime we're choosing what we want, whatever it is, over following the way of Jesus, I, that's very clear. But he goes on to say, you know, you have to hate your mother and your brother. And so he's like, he kind of gives up. Here's some competing goals. <laughs> mm-hmm. Your biological family, your family relationships aren't as important as your relationship with me and following after me. So I, I think Jesus hits on some of that when it, when he's saying, you have, you have to count the cost. Like when I'm asking you to follow me, it's, it's all or nothing. I, yeah. I have to be supreme. Um, that that's the goal. and And I think that that is helpful when we look at the words of Jesus and how very clear and direct he is in priorities.
0: I was listening to the radio the other morning and I keep have been recently keeping my radio on 105.1. It's like a local gospel station and there was a sermon playing and this sweet old man was preaching and he was like, "Friends, let me tell you." And he was like talking about the importance of time and how like God gives us our time and how He's like, I hear a lot of you making excuses about, like, not not having time to prioritize, like, the Lord and the things that, like, he's called us to do. But he was like, you don't find time. Like, you make time. And I was like, oh, that's actually really, yeah, that checks out. And just saying, like, as far as, like, your schedule and your calendar, like, prioritizing the Lord over all else. And then you can, like, add things that, like, you enjoy and stuff like that. But... I was like that is kind of yeah, I can get behind that.
1: Yeah. That's good. But yeah, planning out how am I going to spend time with Jesus mm-hmm. as a way to prioritize in my mind and my practice. Yeah. Uh daily living. That's good. I heard this old Baptist quip growing up and I would never say this in a sermon, okay. but I think it's I think it holds up. Jesus, he's either Lord of all or he's not Lord at all. And I think that's true. You know? What are the pushbacks? Where are you like, uh Jesus no, yeah. not about my money, not about relationships. Well,
2: and you know, part of it is it's a, uh, you know, ongoingly this is part of the conviction of the Holy Spirit revealing to us, hey, your priori- priorities are off here. Choose choose me not this. And and then it's a it's a consistent choosing to follow after Jesus. So, you know, the reality is we all have our priorities out of whack, sure. Yeah. <laughs> and in God's grace, he he just starts Peeling back the layers to say, "Hey, uh, this is out of whack. Choose me." And then we repent and we choose him, and then he shows us something else. And there's another thing. Oh, <laughs> and there, yeah. you know, and it's this this ongoing process of reprioritizing, realigning ourselves, following after Jesus.
1: Reminds me of uh, I think it's Mere Christianity. C.S. Lewis talks about when we invite Jesus into our lives. It's imagine opening up the door to your home. And Jesus walks in, and that's when you ask Jesus into your life. And you just think, oh, Jesus is just going to be like in my living room, and I'm just going to enjoy him. But Jesus tends to walk in with a sledgehammer, and he starts knocking down walls because Jesus' intent is to make something beautiful out of your life and just slowly reclaiming each and every room. So
2: Jesus is the gains? Is that the...
1: I don't know what that means.
2: Joanna Gaines? <laughs> is that not oh. her name? Oh, no, I thought you were doing like a sports reference. I thought that was sports right, no, <laughs> like You know, they, they get the, the house yes. and then she tells them what to do and he knocks it all down. That's and exactly
1: right. They are right.
0: forever knocking walls down on that show. That's
1: going to be the title make of the- the kitchen bigger. And you got to put, put up some uh, shiplap somewhere. Oh, yeah. Paint the brick white. That's going to be the title of the podcast, <laughs> Jesus is the Gaines. <laughs>
0: I'm oddly okay with that.
1: Good. <laughs>
2: You think so much more about titles than I ever do. Like whatever
1: you want to call it, I don't Uh, actually don't care. It's the hook before you get into the sermon. Yeah, yeah. what's that about? What's that about? Nelly, anything you want to add?
0: Um, no, but I was going to ask Alan if there's anything that like our church family can be praying for for you this week.
2: Well, I'm preaching again on Sunday, so back to back. That's not necessarily normal for me, so I, I always appreciate that. Um, I I think the big one for our church family, which also impacts me and our pastoral staff, is we're really looking at August as a relaunch. I mean, we always have, kind of in our church planning mindset, we relaunch our church every August. But it feels so all the more necessary right now, coming out of COVID. You know, we uh, some of us, our, our our routines our habits kind of like what you're talking about with fitness you know mm-hmm. like we were indoors and we weren't moving <laughs> if you want to use yeah. that metaphor and so it feels like we need to get our people out and moving and so we want all of that to happen in august as much as possible mm-hmm. to kind of relaunch things get everybody moving in the right direction and so just um the the prayer particular would be uh, insight how how can we do that the best way possible uh, we're excited about kickoff weekend, other things like that, but really just getting our people moving and knowing how to do that best um, for this next ministry cycle.
1: Well, Alan, thanks so much for preaching for us. We love you. Appreciate you. Yeah, thanks for having me.
0: Guys, that's all we have time for. <laughs> Stuff's gonna be in the show notes. Alan's been a joy. We're gonna we're gonna leave now. <laughs> Bye. 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 <laughs>